<laughs> the broadcast, the biggest podcast in Vancouver, pretty much. We participate in light misandry. Get out of here with that <laughs> sexism. All of our societal structures are designed in ways to inherently prejudice women. Coach's Corner was kind of like my bathroom break. I don't like to be bamboozled. I think it's amazing what you guys are doing. I mean, I'm having a lot of fun. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the broadcast. It's Georgia. I'm your host for this week, and I'm joined by Sam and Mallory, as per usual. Um, I don't really remember what we do. <laughs> Am I supposed to say more stuff? I can't remember. We just go into highs and lows. You can say whatever. Yeah, I guess I can do that. Um, the wild card is on right now. That's exciting. But we'll start with highs and lows. Sam, what are our highs and lows for this week? Um, my low, I have a few lows, actually. My first low is that Georgia found someone stealing our no stats, just vibes design on Redbubble, which then led, led a few other people to <laughs> then send me links to the numerous people who have stolen our merch. Um. I think I would have preferred to have just been like blissfully ignorant and not realize that people. Yeah, I think that. it's a bot. Like, I think that like there's bots that do that. Yeah, so, it's for sure a bot. The way that I found it is that someone recommended this girl who's on the Dan Lebetard show or is involved with the Dan Lebetard show. She has like 85,000 followers that she buy the shirt and she liked it and was like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. This person should buy it. And then right under that, this bot replied and was like, Hey, whatever her name is, Rebecca. I think. Oh yeah. 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 You no, can wait. buy the shirt here. And I was like, what the fuck? And then oh, I clicked yeah, on no, it. It's those bots. It's those yeah, crazy bots. That's for sure. A bot. Kylie it's Jen. Like very irritating to know how many links there are to buying our shirts. Mm-hmm. And very frustrating. So that's, that was one low. Although we did get that one particular link taken down like fairly quickly. Um, my other low is I like, we haven't gotten a review in a little bit. Yeah. You guys give us reviews. Here's my desperation minute is leave us a review or like send us a DM. Tell us what's working for you. What's not working for you. Guests you want to see on here. Um, things you want to hear us talk about and yeah, we want to know how things are going. Our high is that Sam and I had lunch with Marissa and Jimmy yesterday, which we was super tacos. lovely. We had tacos. It was great. That sounds great. And yeah, then Mal has high, her own high. My high is that um, out, out here in the wilderness, I actually, the h- most hilarious thing is that I didn't know this game was happening. I went to this Blackhawks uh, Blues preseason game, which like is very rare. It was happening in like this suburb of KC and literally the only reason I knew it was happening was somebody was complaining that you didn't have to be vaxxed to go which honestly I'm not 100% sure where my vaccine card is so (laughs) not a huge not a huge problem (laughs) but it's actually very funny because also I was I don't get to see live hockey that often anyway but I was supposed to go to a hockey game I was supposed to see the Canucks and the Avs on March 13th, 2020. Pain. Yeah. Much pain. It was very funny. Um, also, like, I forced my friend to go with me. 
And he was like having me like explain some various things to him. And I was saying also that like the, this is more of a low for me now, but I was saying that I don't think the Blackhawks are going to be good this year. And I was saying that the Blues are probably going to be good. And then like the Blackhawks won like 5-1. <laughs> and so I had to be like, um, here's the thing. I There's some to... other things in play, such as it's a preseason game, so it doesn't actually count for anything. So whatever. I need to find the tweet that you sent us from the game. message i sent it was a text that said i missed the lineup with them announcing the lineups but i just realized i might have to face dylan strobe <laughs> owed up to all my shit talking might have to face yeah one didn't know tori krug was a blue until he scored the opening goal two just realized dylan strom's raccoon ass might be in the building but i missed the lineup might have to face the consequences of my shit talking but i think i can take him he's on the ice had to see that pathetic excuse of quote skating (laughs) (laughs) which is an all-time text to get in the broadcast group chat i'm not gonna lie that was deeply it was also just perfect following up on last week's (laughs) I don't give a fuck about Dylan Strom comment. <laughs> Always oh, insulting him. As you so should I was be. concerned, you know? Very fair. Very fair. Um, okay. Let's talk about sports. Start with the Canucks. Uh, has any of us watched a Canucks game this season so far in the preseason, I should say? I have not watched a single minute of preseason hockey. No. <laughs> I'm also a no. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> we will watch the regular season. We're actually going to do, I think we're going to try and do a few more like fun um, post-gamey kind of things. Uh, I'm sure I'll hop onto the Twitter, <laughs> go crazy at some point um but yeah for now i've seen some highlights i heard that pod colson was better yesterday that's about it yeah they made their i was gonna say second round of cuts but i don't know maybe they made other cuts in between that yeah they started finally actually sending people down to yeah they cut 16 guys and then giant list mm-hmm. i was gonna say this bodes well for my tolerance for hockey this season but in the last week the like the discourse about pod colson about like how suddenly everyone hates him and then people being like no one said they hate him like they're just saying he wasn't that good and then like the 180 to like oh he was great tonight and it's like can you guys just like calm down for a second it's literally the preseason and like perhaps the reason people commented on him not being that good was because legitimately for the last year people have been saying he's gonna like walk in and change this team like maybe consider expectation management he's also a child that just moved away from home and just got married (laughs) People never think about the outside, like external stuff that happens for like, he's a player. He's coming to a new country. He doesn't speak English like fully as a translator. 
like things are going to be a little bit messy and it's the preseason. He's never really played with these people before. Maybe a couple of them at like, um, prospects camp or whatever, but like everyone settle down, settle down. And then we can get intense during the season. (laughs) I did deeply enjoy Harmon Dial's tweet from last night, which said that in three preseason games, Pud Colson has already rushed more to the net than Jake Vertanen did in his entire career. And I'm like, any opportunity that you can have to slander Jake Vertanen, please do it. It's it not so slander if it's true. Okay, yeah. Any chance that you have to just like, slander's not the right word. Point out like, how bad he was factually. To just like rub salt in that wound. Yes, twist the knife. Do it because you know Stefan is still reading them and no one cares anymore. Oh my God, I forgot about Stefan. Like legitimately, I forgot he existed. That's blissful for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Canucks, they did lose last night. Um, and they were playing cra- the Kraken for the first time in their home arena. That's basically that, though, we should talk about since our last recording, Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson signed. For like a very similar dollar amount, but Petey's on a bridge and Quinn's deal is six years. And the breakdown of the actual money is pretty wild, uh, especially the Pedersen one in terms of which years he's actually making the money in, which I'm sure has meaning. But basically the it has to do with the um, qualifying offer, right? Mm-hmm. At the end. Yeah. But I'm sure Jim's just saying we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. (laughs) Um, What did you think about the deals? Sam, I think you liked it actually, right? With a caveat. Hey, I thought, I think the Hughes deal is a good deal. I think it's fair and I think the term is fine. Um, I think overall, I thought they were good deals given what they were able to do. But the caveat is they put themselves in a position where they couldn't sign him for more than three years. They flat out couldn't afford it. And like people who are like, oh, but like, it's fine because he's never really played a full season. He always gets injured. Who knows if he's going to pan out? Like, shut up. Two years ago when he was winning the Calder, you were like, he's the second coming of McJesus. Like, you're literally just saying that now because... I don't know why you're saying that. I don't because you prefer to live in a bubble of happiness, which like great for you. I prefer reality. I, I honestly wonder though, like if he ever wanted to sign long-term because he seems to be like well aware of the chaos that is the Canucks from like the statements or whatever that I've seen. And also, didn't he have that thing this summer from like a Swedish translated newspaper or something? Or no, that was like right before that was in August, I think, where he was like, (laughs) basically, we're not that good. Um, So I wonder if he would want to be locked up long term because he seems like he wants to be not just he doesn't just want to win, but he also is very like conscious of his branding in an interesting way um 
and wants yeah. to be tied to like a winning team or like a tr- I mean I, I don't, don't want to like winning team obviously due to other extenuating reasons I like am hesitant to make Pedersen comments um I literally like, I don't, don't tweet about him in like a bad I don't even mean this in a bad way but like he does seem to like radiate the energy of like a player that almost like bounces around teams like they bring in like a player and they're like oh yeah sweet they got Pedersen who's like very good like he's like a perpetual free agent person you know mm-hmm. he doesn't have like a like franchise loyal energy <laughs> I don't know and like, I don't like and I know that, that sounds bad and that's why I don't want to say it but like I don't know I get what you I get what you mean it just seems like he's very and and I think it, this comes from like he's part of this newer generation of hockey player, which like the older generation is very much like Bo Horvat is like the epitome of that, like the meat and potatoes player who like stays at home and signs and blah, 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 blah. And then there's this like newer generation of players who are like, uh, my body is going to be decimated after I finish in this league. I want to make money. I want to win. And they have the power, like they do have the power. And when you have an agent, agents like JP Barry and um, Pat Brisson, they're willing to like, let you run with that. So I think the thing with Pedersen is it's both good and bad for the Canucks. I think it's good if you're a fan, because you know that he's going to keep them. Like they know that they'll have to be good and they'll have to be winning if he wants to stick around. Um, But it's also bad because you're like, we could lose a very good hockey player, I guess, in three years when he signs somewhere for like a bajillion dollars because we can't afford him uh, because Jim has made some more bad cap decisions, maybe. Um, but yeah, the Pedersen thing is funny. I literally, like, I don't, I don't tweet about him because I have such like PTSD mm-hmm. from that whole situation. <laughs> I like will never tweet about him for the broadcast account. Like we'll never do that. It's so funny. Can't do it. Yeah. Like, honestly, the deal, though, like, whether it's because they couldn't afford it because of the cap space thing or he didn't want to because he wants to see how they do, like, either way, all roads lead back to seven years of mismanagement. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even the Quinn deal is interesting because I think that, um, like, what he ended up getting, they probably could have, I don't know if they could have squeezed them a little bit more if Rasmus Dahlin hadn't signed the deal he did because it kind of like changed a little bit of the market wasn't great but oh well Quinn's here to stay maybe we'll we'll be the ones who get the other Hughes's probably not maybe Vancouver's nicer to live in than Newark (laughs) probably uh any other stuff on the Canucks Travis Hamanick didn't opt out yeah, so Hamannick hasn't shown up yet. And then also there's news today that uh, in Canada, we're going to have a vaccine passport for flying. Uh, as of November 30th, if you're not vaccinated, you cannot be on a plane or a train in Canada, um, which means that even if he came and he was unvaccinated, he could only play home games because he can't fly anywhere. So... That's fun. I mean, look, uh, I think it's hilarious that Jim's like, he's not, 
Okay. Sorry. The chronology was Jim said, we're going to be a hundred percent vaccinated. Travis is going to be at camp tomorrow. <laughs> that was like two weeks ago. Travis is not at camp. And then suddenly Jim was like, I can't believe people are speculating why he's not here. It's like, well, maybe because you said he was going to be here tomorrow. And then he was like, he hasn't opted out, but he's going to not be, he's just not with the team for personal reasons, which could really be anything. But the reality is like, at some point it's going to become clear what those reasons are. Like, I don't know what he's going to do about it at this point. Like if he hasn't opted out, he's just going to let him sit at home, like indefinitely. Like what is, what is the plan here? I don't fully understand like what they can do because what, like they fine him for not reporting, but like, can they do that if he's claiming it's a personal issue? Like, I don't really know what you can do. Um, And then they just still have to pay him and he still counts against the cap because at this point, claiming that he has a long-term injury is going to look a little bit. This is absolutely like a situation where the NHLPA will be up to their bullshit. Oh God. Like, I guarantee you they're going to start filing dumb shit. Like, there's no way because- we all know that they don't do anything helpful except for be like, hmm, maybe this domestic abuser should be able to play. Um, so this is a step down, <laughs> but I'm sure they're going to have some bullshit to say. Um, so I really think that's the only way it's going to end is there's going to be some sort of like discussion between them. and. But he's like the only one. Like he's the only yeah. player now, really, right? Because Josh Archibald can't play because he had myocarditis and mm-hmm. so he is done. Uh, I don't, the Tyler Bertuzzi one, like, the whatever. Bertuzzi, I think they just said shit happens. I guess you're not coming to, to Canada. Play the sins. <laughs> um, yeah. But then, like, and I think that, like, Blackwood, I think that he's just not coming to Canada. Yeah. And then Duncan Keith, as we all saw. Yeah, through a fit. But I got think vaccinated. That, but he did do it, so that counts. Yeah. But he pulled out the argument that like a bunch of people I know are pulling, which is the like I eat kale and chia yeah. seeds. So my immune system is <laughs> glorious. <Okay. laughs> Great. Uh I told you guys this, but I just need to tell the audience because it's truly like makes my brain melt. I know a girl who does cambo, which is a thing where you purge your system by uh, ingesting the poisonous, uh, I don't know, serum from an Amazonian tree frog. She does it multiple times a year and you like you're, you poison yourself deliberately and she won't get vaccinated <laughs> because she just won't. So anyway, um, other connects news that Brock Besser's injured. Uh, I don't think that they've said exactly what's wrong with him. Hopefully it's not his wrist again or his back, I guess. Um, but I will have everyone know that it's because my team is cursed in our broadcast battle Royale because Quentin Byfield is also injured and is out for probably a prolonged period. (laughs) Um, but more importantly, we should acknowledge what Daniel Wagner pointed out, which is when Brock cuts his hair, he gets injured, <laughs> which, 
which is just like an incredible story. And is the kind of like, honestly, we said this before. I love Daniel Wagner. He is the greatest person to have in this market. <laughs> Truly. I agree. He's also just a very good writer. He's fun. He gets it. He gets the fun stuff. Um, moving on from the Canucks, the other biggest story, other than the Battle of Florida, which I deeply appreciated, there's like uh, almost 200 penalty minutes in a preseason game last night, which is so fun, um, is Robin Lehner. Uh, is Robin Lehner's at Twitter takedown? Of the NHL PA and also the NHL. Um, the takedown, though. Well, it got, it was ended. <laughs> it was ended too soon. Um, he basically went on a tweet spree off of the Jack Eichel news in terms of like the senators not allowing him to have the surgery that he needs for his spine. Um, I think I saw someone tweet this day and it's something important to point out that um, Elliot Friedman mentioned in an article he wrote, which like Eichel's probably also in like a severe amount of pain right now, (laughs) Uh, which should be acknowledged. Like the fact that he's not allowed to have a surgery that could reduce his pain is awful. Um, But anyway, so Robin Lehner responding to that went on a tweet spree where he was basically like, I'm going to expose all of the medical malpractice in the NHL, uh, which included the accusations of teams basically like peddling drugs to their players, including Ambien, Benzies, and I can't remember the other thing. Um, I'm assuming Toradol was in there. And then that kind I of- I think he only identified the two. Okay. And then that, he, then that turned into him I think he didn't name Nolan Patrick, but it ended up being people figuring out it was Nolan Patrick, uh, accusing the Flyers of giving players drugs without like doctor interventions. Uh, and then it was reported that it was Nolan Patrick, who was the player who was given drugs well, that by dude the team. Falsely no, the, like, reported. Yeah. yeah. Oh, guy, okay. A guy falsely, falsely reported, reported that. Reported that. And, and then, then days later had to be like, actually... That was not from like a real source. I kind of made that shit up. Yeah. And then, so that then turned he, into he that. his account. I, the guy. He either deleted his account or he went on private. I can't remember. I but can't remember. It's gone and it's hilarious. But so then people thought that it was, that was true. And also morphed into that was his uh, takedown of Elaine Vigneau for being a terrible coach. It was all sandwiched together. It was a lot. There's a lot going on. And then he said he that- did the tweet made it sound like AV was pushing the pills. Yes. Which he then also later walked back and was like, I just meant he's like a terrible coach. Yeah. Um, and then he said he finished it all by saying that he was going to reveal a story a day regarding this topic until Jack Eichel was allowed to have surgery. That lasted zero days. (laughs) I don't think he revealed anything else. And then uh, Gary Bettman, he was like basically called in by the league and he had a meeting, I think with the PA and with Bettman. 
Uh, I can't remember fully. Um, but then he basically said yesterday in a press conference that things were going to be worked on behind the scenes. He'd gotten what he wanted, apparently. Um, what do you think about all of this? Because I still I mean, am like, my brain is still exploding with everything. Whom among us has not very publicly announced a project and then given up on it zero days in? <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't front of, I can't get mad at that. Um, I really liked the thing from Bettman where he was like, you can call this 1-800 number if you have any problems. That was unreal. It was like, how is that even remotely helpful? Well, and then Alan Walsh quote tweeting that and being like, what? Like, yeah, he was like, I spit out my coffee. Yeah. Honestly, um, Alan Walsh, come on the pod, please. I mean, all the time we are talking about how the NHL is a fucking joke. Um, so I don't really know what them working on things behind the scenes is going to look like. Cause I don't think that it's a problem that is easily fixed since it's such like an structural issue almost. And it's a structural issue across like so many professional sports leagues. It's not like it's unique to the NHL. So I don't know. I very much like when he was doing this, I was like, I'm enjoying this, but also someone needs to take his phone from him. (laughs) But it was very unique to have somebody who is also currently in the league and currently in the league in a legitimate position, not just some fourth liner or person in the press box saying these things. Yeah, I thought it was good that he... I thought it was good that he did it. Um, I think it's like Mal said, it's very rare for an active player who is good and like a starter and prominent role to say these kinds of things and use their platform. I think the thing that there are a few things about it that I think were a bit iffy, like when he tends to tweet through these things, which he has before, he kind of just goes off and like his messages tend to get lost. Like he'll start with a really good point and then it devolves into these distractions. Like the AV pill pushing thing, it became the talking point and not so much like getting Eichel his surgery. And it's like the same as when he went off on Evander Kane and he was like making good points about that whole situation, but then made those like terrible comments about addiction and abuse. Like he has these like thought trains where he gets to a point where I'm like, you need to know when to stop. Like you've made an effective message. You don't need to like keep going. So that was part of it. But the second part of it was when he was like, they're listening. And like, I got what I wanted. I was kind of like, well, as far as I know, Jack Eichel's not getting the surgery he wanted. So I don't think you got what you wanted, but you did decide to take your messaging behind the scenes less than 24 hours later. So not sure how effective that's going to be given the whole like, Chicago thing, the uh, investigation to Akeem Alou's situation with Bill Peters, like none of those things that went behind the scenes have gone anywhere. So color me skeptical on that one. And uh, yeah, I think, I think it's great speak up but like have you have the leverage you don't necessarily need to just go behind the scenes quietly 
I would seriously love to like just see what the Vegas PR department does when they see this happening. Like, I'm just so curious to see like the texts that are sent, like, oh, it's happening again. Like, you got to deal with this. I just think it would be so funny. Um, he needs like a PR person himself. Like he needs a personal PR person where he's like, I want to talk about this and they can like help him hone in on what, like what he's saying and not veer off into the train wreck comments. Yeah. I think like I said this when it was happening, but he has the most cancer Leo cusp energy (laughs) and it's like, like, honestly, it's incredible and it's coming out in the way he does this stuff. And like, yeah, I saw a lot of people that were really, really excited about it. And I think, yeah, Robin Lehner is just like an interesting guy in terms of the way that he, he's really good in some things. And then he's so deeply problematic in other things. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Frustrating, but also he was making, he was making good points at the beginning and like doing stuff that like, this is what the PA is supposed to do. Like it's supposed to stand up for the players and their rights and like their safety. And as we saw last year and we've seen repeatedly, it doesn't do shit. So we do actually have to do an episode on the NHLPA probably for the Patreon because the history of the PA is really interesting, um, particularly with the Eagleson stuff. And, um, but I'd love to delve into the actual history of it because it just, unlike the MLB um, players union, which is actually like quite strong, the PA just like repeatedly just doesn't do anything. And it's so frustrating and kind of strange. Um, any last thoughts on Laner and Eichel or Laner? No. Okay. It sounds like Eichel might have some trade prospects. There was like some reporting today that the Sabres had made his medical records available to teams that were interested. And mm-hmm. so there were more teams who were showing a serious interest. So we'll see. Would you trade for Jack Eichel? think what you'd have to give up for him doesn't mm-hmm. feel worth it but I think that's worth it no I'm just curious because it is a risk he's he obviously has to have like a spinal surgery um I think I just I feel bad it, for him yeah but I think I could do it if you could build in like a lot of conditional picks yeah like if he doesn't play x amount of games or whatever yeah yeah, I wonder if that's what we'll end up seeing. Hmm. Um, okay, we're going to move into some less joyous talk. We're going to talk about the CHL, particularly um, the QMJHL situation that's happening right now and also the Prince Albert Raiders. So this is a uh, trigger warning for that stuff. We'll put the... Um, timestamps in just to let you guys know, but we will be talking about uh, stuff to do with sexual assaults and then also just racist caricatures. We're also going to be finishing talking about the NWSL. So 
that is also a warning. Um, so yeah, jump off now if you aren't comfortable with hearing any of that stuff. Let's start with the Raiders because it's, uh, I just like, why? <laughs> like, I don't know. Other than they were actually just wanting to be like, here we are, we're racist. Like, I don't have an answer to why anyone would do that. Like why in the year of our Lord, 2021 years after this design was ridiculed, um, when they tried to make it their mascot, did this team go, we're going to make it our thirds and everything's going to be fine. Why? Okay. Um, I just am obsessed with the person who was like in Sam's mentions being like, haven't you ever heard of the Crusades? Like historically. <laughs> and it was oh, like, man. I don't think that this is anything historical. He suggested it's- that it was an actual accurate representation of an Arab person during the Crusades. <laughs> and like a true representation of historical fact yeah and he's like you don't understand history and it's like actually i uh understand the history of this as a racist caricature that you are using as a mascot yeah that was wild it made no sense so when i was growing up the prince albert raiders um logo was a pirate a pirate biting a sword had the eye patch had the tricorn hat That's what I knew the Raider says. Upon seeing this is when you learn that this was the original design for the team. Um, And so they had obviously at one point been like, let's move away from this um, and go with Raider as a pirate rather than a crusader Raider. I don't know. Um, And I just... I like, I'm just floored by the fact that this, we had already had this conversation. Like we'd done this years ago with the mascot and they were just like, no, let's do it again. Like, I just don't, why? It wasn't (laughs) even that long ago. They tried to make it their mascot in 2014. Yes. What's the timeline from when they, okay. So they were the Raiders. Then they switched to being pirate raiders. When did they switch to being pirate raiders? I don't know. Probably the nineties. Cause as long as I've remembered their logo, it's been, it was the pirate. Okay. Um, so like, yeah, I can't, I don't, I don't know when exactly, but yeah, 2014 was when they tried to make it the mascot. And that lasted like not long because people were like, this is racist. <laughs> so you can't do this. And then they brought it back and I just don't understand. And then I think the CHL got involved and the WHL got involved um, more recently. I don't know if there's any further news on it, um, but like, oh my God, I tried looking up. So they're a community owned team. They're not owned by like a singular owner. Um, Cause I was like, this has to be, this has to be fucking weird. Um, and their board of like their 
executive board or whatever is, I think there's a couple of ex NHL players, including Colin Fraser, but there's no photos. So I couldn't conclusively determine if it was them, but just a tough, tough look, tough look. Moving on from the dub way out to the queue. (sighs) It's just like rinse and repeat. Like I, I, can we have like some time where we don't have to talk about this shit? Like, honestly, um, this week, the news broke, I think it broke in, uh, well, uh, it was a French newspaper, I think. Um, okay. So it's two players with the Victoria Valtique. One is Nicholas Degg and the other one is named Massimo Siciliano. They're both 19 years old. Um, they were charged with sexual assault, um, but they also filmed it. Um, and Nicholas Degg was charged with distributing uh, the footage or photo. Uh, I'm not quite sure exactly what it was, but distributing it. Um, the girl reported it, I believe, the very next day. Um, so this this has been known since June. The teams have known since June. Um Daigle went to the Anaheim Ducks camp. Uh, They would have known that this also took place. Um, And the Teague announced, as well as the QMJHL, that they are doing uh, their own investigations and that they're going to be releasing a statement on their status in the league um, within they said they were going to do it in 48 hours, but then they said today that they have indefinite suspensions. Um, I guess as they go through, uh, court, (laughs) but yeah, we like, we literally just did this. Um, also they literally played some preseason games. Yeah. They played games for the Teague. Like their preliminary, hearing or whatever basically like where you just go to court and like acknowledge what you're being charged with that was mainly the thing that made them be like actually you can't play um rather than the assault the alleged assault that happened four months ago yeah four yeah so I think we said it when we recorded the um, Logan Mayu episode is that more stuff is going to come out and more of this is going to happen because this is a issue in hockey culture and in junior hockey in particular. There have been literally books and dissertations written about this shit dating back to the 1980s. Like, This is not brand new information. They've known about this for years. There's never been any effort put in to attempt to create an education system or anything that will stop this. And so this is what happens. And especially now with the rise of Snapchat and all these social media things and everyone having phones and they're filming shit at parties and doing this kind of stuff. Like 
this is a reality that they needed to be in front of years ago. And people screamed at them to be in front of years ago and they didn't listen. And now this is where we are. And it's obviously frustrating. It's heartbreaking. And like, I don't, I don't know what else, like how many times we can sit here and scream that like sports doesn't give a shit about women's safety and like have it be proven time and time and time and time and time again. And it's just like, makes me crazy. I just don't even know what there is to say at this point. Like, I feel like we've talked about this at least once a month, every month for the last five months, six months. I don't know. It like we talk about it regularly and it's always in the context of a new story and it's always the same basic fact pattern. And it's always the same bullshit excuses that come out after. And like, I feel like I'm going crazy. I feel like we just keep talking about this in fucking circles. And it's just, yeah. I mean, last month for the Patreon, I said to George, I'd write about the Jake Vertanen thing and kind of like the rape myths and like the things you hear people say like, oh, well, he's innocent till proven guilty. I want to see all the evidence and like kind of all the bullshit things people say to justify continuing to like their favorite hockey players. And I didn't get it done. <laughs> um, and I remember thinking at the time, I was like, well, it's fine. Like it's half written. There will just be another instance in like a few months where I can just like revise this, change the names and like write the exact same thing. And it's literally been five weeks. Like we didn't even make it a couple of months and it's bullshit. And anyone who's like, oh, well, it's just like social media now, whatever. Like Georgia posted a while ago, that spreadsheet of all the allegations of sexual assault and domestic violence in the NHL over decades like from and it's from the dated 60s. it is dated like the yeah. thing is that hasn't been updated with it's your like most recent 2015 yeah yeah i'm and gonna have like a day where i don't want to write my thesis and i procrastinate and my procrastination will be updating that thing because it needs to be updated yeah and it's just like anyone who's saying like oh well it's just like sorry how do you have there's like 200 entries on there over the span of 40 years like it's disgusting and no one cares like half the names on that on that spreadsheet are on the on the stanley cup or like currently employed by the nhl yeah mariel lemieux's name is in there and i just saw yesterday people having an argument about mariel lemieux versus wayne gretzky best player in the nhl history And it's like, he sat in a room while a girl was getting raped right next to him in the room next to him. So I don't ever want to have that conversation. Thank you. (laughs) It's just like, makes me crazy. And it, it, it's, it's just such a failure of so many people and it, it, just doesn't matter to them as long as they skate fast and they can shoot a puck into a net. It doesn't matter. And it, yeah, it's, 
literally rinse and repeat, like (laughs) just have this conversation over and over and over again. Um, let's finish up with the NWSL, another dark story. Um, before we start, I will say that we did an episode last, oh no, earlier this year. Yeah. Earlier this year with Kira McCormick and Jessica Luther. Uh, and that was a podcast that was specifically about, um, Kira as the whistleblower for the Whitecaps, um, scandal with Bob Beretta, the coach there. And, uh, it's a really good episode to listen to because we talk about a lot of stuff that's happening, um, right now at the NWSL. And I think it's important to acknowledge what Kira did because, um, it laid a lot of groundwork, I think, for a lot of the stuff that we're seeing now in terms of people coming forward, um, particularly in regards to uh, the issues with coaches and just the larger issues that are happening in women's soccer right now. Um, So for people who haven't been paying attention uh, to the story, uh, last week, Meg Linehan and Katie Strang published a piece in The Athletic, um, a massive report where former players uh, Sinead Fairley and um, Mana Shim detailed some pretty horrific um, accusations against Paul Riley, who's a coach for at that during the time of the like the situation that happened. Um, he was coaching for the Portland thorns. Um, but it was now he was coaching for the Carolina courage. So he got fired after, um, this stuff was revealed that were just like absolutely horrifying, just horrifying. And the piece also detailed like a larger issue with, um, like player coaching dynamics in the NWSL and just like a culture of fear, a culture of sexual harassment, um, just pretty widespread. Uh, And Alex Morgan also backed everything up. She was the, she was kind of like a witness to the event um, and she's one of the biggest names in soccer. So that obviously Um, There was a lot of clout having her kind of back everything up. Um, But this kicked off a pretty intense uh, reckoning, let us say that, where Riley was fired. Um, uh, Richie Burke, who is a coach for the Spirit, was fired. Um, He was initially suspended uh, for allegations of verbal and emotional abuse. He was fired. Their majority owner, Steve Baldwin, announced his plan to resign. Then the NWSL commissioner, Lisa Baird, resigned. There's a bunch of stuff happening in terms of people stepping down. And then today, uh, during the games, the NWSL players who, after the games had been postponed or canceled over the weekend, Uh, They started playing today and at six minutes into their games, they stopped playing. They linked arms at midfield. 
Uh, and they stood there for a minute as a means of reclaiming, I guess, reclaiming their voice in this. Um, and that was also followed by the NWSLPA um, releasing statements like demands for the league um, that are pretty like, I almost said hardcore, but like really strong demands that they're making in terms of um, calling for transparency in the investigations, calling for every single coach and like person who's high up in all the teams to be um, basically vetted for sexual harassment, for harassment in general, for all of this kind of stuff. Um, It's, I think when we talked earlier about how like pathetic the NHLPA is, the NWSLPA is illustrating kind of the solidarity and strength that's supposed to come from the players' voices and demanding a better workplace. And they paused at six minutes because it took six years for the allegations, which Fairley and Shim brought forward to NWSL and the Portland Thorns. Uh, They brought forward six years ago, and it took this long for it to actually result in anything. Um, so that's why they paused at six minutes. I of course watched them and cried because this stuff always gets to me, uh, as I would hope it gets to everyone, um, in a very bittersweet way where you are so like overjoyed by this sense of togetherness and coming together to fight against something, but you're also so desperately horrified that they have to do this that it comes to this, that this wasn't just a part of playing, like their safety wasn't a part of just the league in the first place, Um, that women have to be sexually harassed to like make below minimum wage, um, which is, I'm pretty sure what they were making in the NWSL, like their yearly salary was like below the poverty line. So it's like, yeah, it just kills me that that's what it takes every time. And that this wasn't just a thing from the beginning. Yeah. That's all I got for that. It's very fucked up that it's taken this long for them to be heard, but it's good that they're being heard. And especially in a way that feels more substantial and isn't kind of them just being like, Oh, we see you and we'll, investigate it they're like actually trying to make sure that people don't just face consequences for this but something like that doesn't happen again Mm -hmm. yeah it's like long term which I feel like is something that is very necessary in actually like putting together a plan of action to combat something like this you know Mm -hmm. it's not good enough to just like, I don't know, cut the thing out at this, at like the source, just like the very top. There's like, obviously plenty of other issues. And like, there's definitely so many issues of like sexual abuse throughout other and abuse just throughout other professional sports, like as the uh, U.S. Gymnastics like Association continues to deal with that yeah and just like the precarity of women's sports in general Mm -hmm. like we have this conversation around you know um 
equal pay for equal work and all this kind of stuff. And it, it really does create this horrifying system when they are not making money. Like it creates an even more like a situation that's more rife for abusers to be able to get away with this stuff because they're so precarious in their jobs and in their earnings. Like, I think that Kayla and Kyle spoke about this. She definitely spoke about it during the game tonight, which was heartbreaking, but she said like, these women have to put their themselves on the line for what, like a job where they don't even make enough, like they don't even make enough to live. So like, what, like, why would they do that? And, and what does that mean? And it's, it's, yeah, it's the, the women's sport aspect of this is, uh, devastating. And it's just like, of like, of course, this is why it's happening. Like, of course, if you look at it, it's just like, like when we talked about it with Kira, it's just kind of the, a situation where it, it's just so easily bred into what's happening. And so what Mallory is saying is right. Like it, it's not just cutting it off at the sorts. It's literally like going down to the roots and like burning that shit out because, um, that's what you have to do. I thought the other point that was really powerful tonight was, um, I think on the CBS broadcast, um, Jen Hildreth and Lori Lindsay went on to talk about it. And she, Lori Lindsay flat out said, Paul Riley wasn't fired because of what he did. He was fired because we found out. And that's so often the case. And if they didn't, if they didn't have these players come up, come out and speak about it. And if they didn't have, I think the, the force of the NWSLPA and kind of how, how together the players have been in terms of their reaction to it. I don't know that even what's happened so far would have happened in terms of consequences, but it also, to your point earlier, Georgia, it, it shows how, I mean, it's, it's interesting. There's, there's, I have two thoughts about the PA, which is one, which is, it's a great example of how, when a PA does what they're supposed to do, it can be very effective. And there are a lot of PAs like the NHL PA that don't do anything, even though they clearly could. Um, and it makes me wonder about the dynamic of both for women's sports, you have to have a PA who's willing to do that because otherwise, like you said, the dynamics are such that they, nothing would ever happen. And, you know, sometimes I wonder if that's why women's leagues are subjected to more of the dynamics that make them susceptible to abuse, but they also have players unions and dynamics and seem to have to carry the load of having to fight for these things more. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's kind of a toxic cycle and like, it's hard to, it's hard to say that, oh, you know, they should be proud of having such a strong PA because I think part of it is they were, they've been put in a position where they have to be that way. No, it's a good point. Yeah. It's pretty horrifying. I think that as we saw with kind of the NHL coaching reckoning that happened, um, particularly following the Akeem Malieu 
allegations. And then when we talked to Kira, the conversation around like, what, like, what is that line? And in situations where it can be crossed and um, yeah, these players in these positions where they don't have, they don't have the voice or they are just too scared to speak up. Um, it's pretty scary. It's actually really scary. Um, meanwhile, I'm watching Ted Lasso. And I'm just like, I want everyone to be like this. Uh, um, yeah. So I guess all we can say is like, our thoughts are with the Sinead Farrelly and Manishim and like all the other people who um, perhaps haven't come forth yet, but I feel like probably will feel like they can. Um, and hopefully this is the end of this stuff. Like, I know that's quite naive to say, um, but like, hopefully this is really the, um, the moment where things turn, even though I think a lot of people thought that the women's gymnastics was the turning point, um, that this changes things. Anyway, I guess we'll end with our three stars. Maybe we'll rebound from slight downer half of the episode. Um, and yeah, let's talk about our three stars of the week. Mallory. Which Zoom Zoom boy is it this time? Of course it's a Zoom Zoom boy. And, but it's Bubba Wallace who won mm. his first race in NASCAR. Uh, he won at Talladega um, just this past week. Um, it's huge. Very exciting for him. That is exciting. Okay, Sam, who's your star of the week? Um, my star of the week is Alan Walsh solely for the tweet roasting Gary Bettman and saying he spit his coffee out because it was hilarious. I also just, I said this on, on zone time on the Yahoo thing. Like, I think he's making a play for eventually taking over from Donald bear. Like he's been increasingly vocal about relatively controversial issues on Twitter. He very publicly takes on the league all the time and he's not very often wrong. Like he. I think he said before that like he would ban headshot. Like the first thing he would do is all contact to the head would be considered a headshot, like whether it was intentional or not. And like, he just, he takes positions that the league would hate. And I just, I love that. Also this, the sword Photoshop. I think you should have an NHLPA executive who tweets <laughs> memes. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, my star of the week is kind of a long running star really for us. Um, Steve Pendris, they sat down, I'm not sure when they actually did this, but did an interview with uh, Digit Murphy and uh, Joanna Boynton from the Toronto Six to discuss the I don't even know. I like, honestly, this year is crazy, but like when it happened, I don't even remember this summer, I think the issues with this, well, Digit Murphy being involved in a turf organization, essentially. Um, and the Toronto six is kind of response to that and their lack of transparency in the whole thing. And it's a fantastic interview that everyone should read. Uh, and DF also 
comments on all of our episodes, which we love, gives us feedback and basically lets us just retweet everything they say, (laughs) which is great because we can only retweet ourselves so many times. Um, So they're my star of the week. As always. Well deserved. Yeah. Um, Thank you guys for listening. That's our episode for this week. Please like and subscribe. Please leave us a review as we begged for. Um, Sam's dying. Yeah, Sam's dying. I'll even take like mean things. I will read the review in an accent. She needs sustenance. She's one and a half. (laughs) Needs reviews for one and a half. (laughs) Not two. (laughs) Um, So please leave us a review. And until then, you can find all our socials at Broadcast Pod. Um, subscribe to our Patreon. You can read our vibes and hockey rankings list, which I Mallory worked painstakingly. Painstaking uh, you were going to make Izzy edit that. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot. And then, honestly, it was too unhinged, and I felt it, bad. I mean, it was really unhinged. There was no, there was no grammar, like in most places we were just like very, it was very like like, voice notes to text. Like it was not, (laughs) we worked tirelessly on it in the sense that it took Georgia and I so long. I literally cleaned the baseboards of my apartment because I was like, oh, I have to write this thing. I don't want to do it. I was cleaning the baseboards instead of doing this. <laughs> then I would like be like, okay. And then I'd go write like a couple sentences and then like go do something else. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was, that was fun. So there are multiple names, including Philip Deneau's name that is misspelled. Uh, we apologize to all French Canadians for that. <laughs> um, and next time I will con Izzy into editing it which you will hate, but it was really good. It was really, really good. It was really fun. Anyway. Um, yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, where hockey is, will actually be back. Um, and we'll get to talk about the Canucks and we'll actually watch them play. <laughs> Potentially. Please. We need to watch Maybe. the games this year. We will. <laughs> going to watch them this year so that we can post like, post-game vibe checks in the patreon that we can't say publicly that's true that's a good idea yeah so anyway uh have a good week everyone bye bye Bye. happy thanksgiving